Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guests, as I have two of them, are Robert Quartermain and Jonathan Odd from Dakota Gold, uh, a responsible gold exploration and development company with a specific focus on revitalizing the home state district, which has a high caliber gold mineral, uh, which has a high gold mineral properties covering about 40,000 acres in South Dakota. Um, Robert is the chairman of the company and has a wealth of industry experience um, and is this year's newest inductee to the Canadian Mining Hall of Fame. Jonathan is the president, director and CEO and has a finance background, raising financing for various junior resource companies, focusing on institutional accounts, high net worth and family offices within the natural resources industry. Um, And both are here to talk about Dakota Gold, who have recently formed um, and what their plans are for the future and much more. So that's welcome, Robert and Jonathan, to the podcast. How are you doing, Robert and Jonathan? Good. Good morning. And good uh, good afternoon is here. Obviously, you guys. Uh, Good afternoon. uh, Obviously, you guys uh, across the pond in uh, obviously Canada. So um, just wondered if both of you guys can. Um, give us an overview of your, of your career. Obviously, Robert, as I mentioned, um, you've been recently inducted into the Canadian Hall of Fame. So just wonder if you can give us a, a, a background of yourself and of your career. Obviously, our, a lot of our uh, Canadian listeners will know you, but those outside of uh, Canada and around the world, one of you can just tell us a little bit about your background. And obviously then afterwards, Jonathan, you can tell us um, about your, your career as well. Great. Well, I was uh, born in a small uh, town in uh, St. Stephen, New Brunswick, on our east coast of the country. And I started my career by working in the Northwest Territories of Canada. I spent uh, four months at a time for over four years in a tent doing prospecting. And that's certainly what got my love for discovery and certainly for uh, the industry back then. I uh, did my master's at Queen's University, and when I finished my master's, I went and worked for Tech Corporation, which at the time was a uh, a smaller Canadian mining company, but certainly a global mining company at this point in time. And the first two things they did for me was they sent me up to the Lamac Gold Mine. So I was a assistant mine geologist at a 6,000-foot-deep operating high-grade gold mine, about eight grams of gold. So that helped me understand what it took to be a, a mine in order to be able to deliver ore to the mill. And after that, they sent me to a place in northern Ontario called Hemlo. And that also turned out to be a high-grade undergold mine. And so those two experiences later on would inform my decisions around the Predium project. But in 1985, uh, I was transferred to Vancouver to take over a small junior company called Silver Standard Resources. And it had then only two employees. Our market cap was about $1.8 million Canadian In over 25 years, I grew that into a $2.5 billion company. It still operates today as SSR Mining. Uh, It's much larger. But we set the platform back then by finding good projects. As an exploration geologist with a mining background, I'm able to look at uh, situations and, I guess, mining opportunities 
and assess them relatively quickly as if they were going to come into mines. And when you look at uh, Silver Standard and our track record there, we picked up the Menantulus Bayo project, which became a mine. We had the Perquitas mine uh, in northern Argentina, which still continues to operate. And we're involved in a few other projects like that. So in 2010, I had retired after 25 years with Silver Standard. The opportunity with Bruce Jack Lake came up. And again, I started my own company, called it Predium Resources. We acquired the opportunity. And I guess the, they say the rest is history. I put a game to a team. And we went from a team of one of me to uh, seven years later in 2017, when we first poured our first gold bar. And the Bruce Jack mine has been making profit and uh, pouring gold every day since then. It's well made over a million ounces since it started, made a lot of money, I think paid most of its step back. And earlier this year was taken over about three and a half billion dollars by uh, Newcrest. So my experience is underground mining, understand it. And uh, that's the unique opportunity that I see here we're going to talk about today. And Jonathan? Yeah, so so my background is is capital markets and finance. Also did my education on the East Coast at, uh, at Acadia University in Nova Scotia. Uh, began my career working at uh, Wolverton Securities that has since merged with a larger brokerage firm called uh, PI Financial. So I spent time there as a broker and a prop trader. And um, my first uh, company that I worked for was with a company called Northern Star Mining that had an asset in the Valdor Gold Camp. Uh, 2010, I, I co-founded a company called Gold Standard Ventures. I was president and CEO of that, uh, raised them a few hundred million dollars over, over that nine or 10 year period. And uh, they are now advancing uh, a project towards uh, production in the southern portion of the Carlin Trend. And um, a couple of years ago, uh, teamed up with uh, with Bob to to uh, found JR Resources, which which uh, which stands for Jonathan and Robert. And we were looking for opportunities and uh, decided to to go after uh, consolidating and revitalizing the Homestead District in in uh, in Leeds, South Dakota. So. Um Obviously, both of you have now joined forces to start, obviously, a new company, uh, Dakota Gold Corp., um, which was listed on the New York um, American Stock Exchange under the ticker DC uh, this year. So, Jonathan, tell me why, Tell me, I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about the company. Um, and then, uh, Robert, I wonder if you can tell me what made you come out of retirement to advance this project. Sure. So when we first were shown this opportunity, it was a it was a small undercapitalized exploration company, and uh, we we saw an opportunity to consolidate and roll up the district, leverage our relationship with with Barrick, uh, as Barrick had bought Homestake Mining in 2000 and immediately shut the mine down. The, uh, the transaction closed in 2001. So this this opportunity sat in Barrick's closure group for almost 20 years. And what changed was new leadership coming into Barrick. And being open and and more uh, entrepreneurial, and um, we we went down and, and and toured the project, and we're enamored with the geology and the opportunity to consolidate and and have a district scale land package, but more importantly to get access to Barrett's data, which has informed this larger consolidation effort we've undertaken, and uh, we announced our first results last week. And we had a, a very clear mandate. We wanted this to be a, a U.S.-focused company, sole listing on the NYC exchange. Uh, Homestake Mining was the longest, has it still to this day is the longest listed company in the history of the NYC at 125 years. Wow. And and obviously, Robert, coming out of uh, obviously retirement, um, 
what what makes you what makes this project um, great for you to come out of retirement? Uh, there's a few things for it. The first is the opportunity for discovery. As I said, as an exploration geologist, and what I did both with Silver Standard and most recently with Predium is looking at an opportunity as I did with Predium. There were a few drill holes, there was some high grade. I took a thesis, I think there's a high grade mine here. In the case of uh, what we're doing with Dakota, the best place to look for gold mineralization is in the shadow of a head frame, as they say. So we know the old homestake has been largely mined out. They mined uh, 41 million ounces there over the uh, 125 year history. But there are huge areas where there are exploration drill holes done back in the 1990s, uh, which were never really followed up. And you have to know in 1990, the gold price was $300 an ounce. It's now six times that. So what not? So what would have made ore at that point in time now is something that can make ore. And I know from my own experience up at the uh, Bruce Jack mine, right, it's average grade is eight to nine grams. And so if you find that material that can make ore, the uh, mine at Homestake, uh, its cutoff grade was 0.2 ounces or about seven grams of gold per ton. So you can think nowadays. The other key thing is the, um, our chief operating officer, Jerry Aberley, put together a great team of individuals who've worked and lived in that area and worked at the mine 20 and 30 years ago. So they have local knowledge. And so that uh, was another attractive feature for me that they're my age, but they have my experience level. So we can look at data. As Jonathan pointed out, we have 125 years of data that's exploration throughout the region that's never been really followed up systematically as we can. And the third was location. I've worked in, uh, you know, 40 countries around the world, had operations or built uh, mines or constructed with development projects and perhaps 18. It's nice to be back in somewhere that's close to home, but also in a state where there's actually mining going on. You have the wharf mine adjacent to us. So you have a mining friendly state and therefore that makes it easier as you want to go through and develop a mine. So it's largely those three things, you know, the opportunity for discovery, good quality people, excellent location. And I said, I've, I've got one more in me. So uh, let's go do this. Yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned that the uh, mine closed around the year 2000. Um, so in your opinion, what has changed in the past 20 years that makes the project worth uh, revitalizing? And I suppose, what, what, did, what did you see that possibly Barrett didn't see? You know, I'll take that question. Oh, I'll take that question first. Yeah, I think the um, the key thing for me with those three things that I talked about was first the fact that you have a large area that has not been explored at all for um, numerous years, and uh, there are discoveries holes which need to be, you know, or holes that made in intersective mineralization that need to be followed up, and so that became one key opportunity. And again, the main driver for me was the fact that uh, you had this increase in gold price, and no one has looked at it through an $1,800 gold price lens, as Jonathan pointed out, they looked at it through a $300 gold price lens, and that caused them to shut down the operation and put an enclosure group. But it was those opportunities that uh, excited me. So uh, I'll put it back to Jonathan. Yeah, I, I think, as I, as I mentioned earlier, it was when Barrick and Rangold merged, uh, new leadership with you know running Barrick, Mark Bristow came in and said, look, if it's not a tier one or tier two asset or strategic, you know, get rid of it. And because this was in their closure group, this followed on two other deals that Barrick has done successfully out of their closure group being Skeena Resources and K92. Both have well over a billion dollar market cap. And these were in Barrick's closure group for, for years. So we came in with a, with a sort of fresh perspective. 
and that local knowledge, local expertise. As Bob had said, Jerry was the last mine manager at Homestake and has put together a phenomenal team. These guys were really chomping at the bit to, to do this, but just never had the capital to, to acquire a land package and to incorporate this data. Um, obviously, Dakota Gold just released their first drill results uh, for the Mortland Gold Project on June the 2nd. Um, I just wonder if you can tell me what those results actually mean for the company. Yeah, I I think it was it was our first hole uh, at our Maitland project, which is, which is contiguous with the with the Homestake mine, and uh, Homestake had made a a discovery called the North Drift Discovery in 1994, and we're drilling the up dip portion of that North Drift Discovery. So I would I would say before I pass it on to Bob, sort of we're beginning to see proof of concept, proof of our geological model, which which we think is really important and will help inform it and allow us to factor towards um, more zones of gold mineralization in, in, in this first phase. Right. And I would say the, the key takeaway for me is we, we took one drill hole. We drilled it in an area where there was no known mineralization. We were drilling it as a geological test. And we went in and we actually hit gold <clears throat> mineralization and we, you know of some economic uh, opportunity. So that was exciting for me. Take your first drill hole and you actually uh, uh, make some discovery with respect to it. And so... Um, uh, that's the first key thing. The other was that we did hit homestake formation uh, underground in this uh, in this hole at some depth, and allows, as John pointed out, that the claim boundary with the old mine uh, has stopped at um, uh, is where the Maitland property starts, and so we have four or five miles of strike length, which has not been well tested, uh, and uh, and that now shows us proof of concept. We've gone down, we've hit gold. Now we just have to do more drilling. When you look at uh, projects I've been involved with, uh, like the Hemlo mine, uh, they drilled 70 holes before they made, uh, you know, the discovery for the Hemlo project up at Bruce Jack. I think we were at hole 84 before I could start to crystallize it. So here we've gone, put our first hole in, have hit proof of concepts. So now it's drilling more and seeing how we can go and find one of the old ledges. You know, what's key about the Homestake mine uh, for me is you've got 41 million ounces spread across just a couple of miles. It's one of the most concentrated areas of high-grade gold mineralization in the world. So you have a lot of gold in a small space. So if you look at the amount of opportunity we have along strike now, incredible opportunities, but we have a few. Not only do we have drilling the old homestake iron formation, which has the high grade in it, but there's also the lower grade material near surface that we have at Maitland or Richmond Hill, which is similar to the wharf mine, which also has been operating for over 20 years. It's a one gram more conventional uh, mine, open pit, kind of a lower grade. Uh, so we have these two opportunities and that's what's exciting. We hit tertiary mineralization, we hit home stake mineralization. So first drill hole, lots more to come. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about around the, the financing of the, uh, of the project. And I think probably Jonathan, that's, that's more, your, more your area. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Bob and I have had access to capital markets for for years, and it's it's really important when you're starting out a new venture to be well capitalized. One of the primary reasons why a lot of junior mining companies fail is because they're undercapitalized, and and they, and their timing is off, and they go back to the market when they need money, and the market knows that, and it becomes a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy. So, last summer we raised 50 million US. We didn't pay a commission. We used well, we would have paid you know the brokers to establish an ESG fund, which, which we're going to start to talk about over the next few months. Um, and really, this is just leveraging relationships that Bob and I have. 
And uh, we got a lead order last summer and, and we're able to, to raise 50 million. We actually uh, turned away a bit of money. We had we upsized the deal twice and we've had uh, great support from from, um, you know, a bunch of key institutions, a few, you know, high net worth individuals. And it's important to note that management also owns almost 30 percent of the company. So it's really important that management has skin in the game. Management has been uh, continuing to buy and purchase shares in the open market because that alignment is, is, is so important. You know, one of the things that drives Bob and I crazy is when you see groups that have no skin in the game and they just have stock options or RSUs and, and, and don't, you know, aren't in the trenches with their shareholders. Because one thing about, you know, the commodity markets is you're going to have cycles. And, you know, when times are tough, they're tough. And you have to make sure every dollar counts. And, you know, look, look at things through the lens of, you know, are we allocating shareholder resources properly and diligently? Yeah. How would you compare your project with other projects in the surrounding area and other assets in the surrounding area? Well, I think still to this day, the, the Homestake Mine is the largest banded iron formation hosted deposit in the world. So I don't think there's like there, there's anything else like it of its kind still to this day. You know, as Bob said, the the wharf mine that belongs to core mining is is in operation. It's a really well-run operation, but it's in a different it's in a different unit of mineralization uh, and it's an open pit mine, whereas Homestake was predominantly an underground mine and, and they were mining from what's called Homestake formation. So really in, in the area, there's not really anything else like it, um, you know, and, and we feel very strongly that, that, that there's just with what was uh, what, what we have found from this data mining from, from getting all this, 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 you know, access to the data from Barrick that there's, there's, you know, we're on the cusp of making, multiple discoveries just with what we see historically from the from the drill database and i suppose robert you're from a geology perspective how, how would you would you add anything else no i would just uh, go to the point that uh, you, you know that jonathan has made is there is the home state mine and then we have all the surrounding ground around it so as a result of that uh, we think that there's lots of opportunity for a wide variety of uh, discovery models because of the extensive ground that we have and the few different types of mineralization which occur down there. And so there's no one really competing in the area over the last uh, two years since Jonathan and I were showed the opportunity. It's allowed us to come in quiet and pick up much of the ground. And as he pointed out, we've raised a considerable amount of money, which helps us uh, do our drilling. But also much of the property in the area was uh, freehold property. And so the mineral rights came with the surface rights. So that allows us also to be able to go through the appropriate permitting process uh, to be able to come in and drill test our project, but it also allows us to do that quite efficiently and expeditiously. Uh, so there's a lot of good opportunities that come from the fact that we're in an old established mining camp and you can basically drive from the office to anywhere we're drilling, you know, in 30 to 40 minutes. So it's much different than the Bruce Jack project where you know, you're 6,000 feet up in a mining glacier, you know, to, uh, you know, a couple thousand kilometers north of Vancouver. So that's what I like. It's location and the opportunity that we have this large land package with very little competition from anyone else. Um, Robert, obviously you're going to be joining the Canadian Hall of Fame uh, this year as one of the newest inductees. Um, can you tell me about your incredible 40 years working in, obviously, the resources industry and also what keeps you interested after obviously after all these years well the first thing that keeps me interested is discovery 
similar to what we just announced, you know, that uh, high grade, higher grade intersection we made at Dakota. You know, that's, that's key for me because you find a discovery, you follow up. You can imagine in a 40 year career, I have drilled many drill holes that have had no results in them or projects which just haven't panned out. But when you look at what we're able to do with Silver Standard with a few, um, with a few of the projects there, which were, uh, you know, again, discoveries we made. And the most important in my career would be the predium opportunity. You know, I looked at a piece of drill core and I said, you know, this is different. And it strikes me from all of my experience that that's what I would be able to do. But, you know, in my career, I've worked all throughout Africa, all throughout, you know, Latin America, every province in this country, spent a lot of time in the Northwest Territories, worked in China, worked in Russia. So I have an incredible experience globally that helps inform my decisions. And, you know, working with Jonathan and particularly the mature group that we have down at Dakota, we can make decisions relatively quickly because we're informed from our experience. And so uh, it's been an incredible career. It started in 1976. So I guess we're 46 years into it now. And um, the adventure continues. You know, we have an adventure here at Dakota. So I'm excited about what I'm going to do this. So Mining Hall of Fame doesn't mean I've been put to pasture, I guess. It just means that I've been acknowledged for the contributions that I've made to our industry by, you know, creating almost $10 billion of value, I guess, when you look at uh, Silver Standard, uh, SSR Mining, uh, Predium. I was initially involved with Western Copper Holdings, which became Western Silver, which is now part of the uh, uh, Newmont, uh, Newmont Group, and then many others around that. But it's discovery. It's getting that drill hole in. And I say last week when we announced our first drill hole, that's what I said. That's great. Let's keep going. And do you think the code to gold could be another silver standard? Uh, well, uh, maybe a gold standard. There's not too much gold silver standard. down. It'd be more of a gold standard, us, I would think. And uh, yeah, I, I said, you know, I, I, 25 years ago, I started silver standard with one individual. It panned out okay for shareholders. Uh, the same with uh, with Predium. You know, shareholders did well on it. Jonathan's point, I own 10% of the company. Uh, and as a result of that, that's all I do. I work strictly for this company. You know, I'm retired on my my island and I spend some time there uh, with my flower garden. I have almost a beautiful English garden here for those uh, who, who understand them. Uh, we've had great amount of rain this fall. So that's been able to, uh, or this spring, I should say. So that's been able to keep me uh, focused. But yes, that's why I came out of retirement. That's when I sat with Jerry Aberley and looked and said, you know, what if we go put a first drill hole, we hit something, we kind of get the what if, show it a bit of proof of concept. So now let's continue to let the drill bit talk and give us the results we need. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about the capital markets today uh, and what you've learned over the past 15 years in business. Yeah, look, I, I think one thing that really stands out is, is is when there are windows in the capital markets, when they're open, you know, you generally have to be there or, you know, raise money when you when you when you don't need it, when you can, uh, when no one's expecting it, because when the street looks at your share price, looks at your financials, and then, you know, you need, you know, you need capital, you know, coincidentally, your stock's going to start to go down. So I think just having a, you know, taking a longer term view, uh, being aligned with shareholders and just being being um, not being reactionary and 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 uh, looking at this as a as a long term business and just that is you know not not every target not every project is going to work out and have a rigorous you know kind of filter for that and that's one of the things that really stood out for me when I first met Bob was just his the way he thinks commercially strategically and putting you know shareholders first and I think there are a lot of companies that don't do that. 
So I think those are some really key things that I've learned uh, over the last 20 years. Yeah. And obviously, if, if we have listeners that are listening, that are looking to invest, why would they invest in Dakota Gold? Well, I think that alignment with shareholders, I think that the fact that one of the co-chairmen and, and the CEO you know, own over 20% of the company and are still buying during you know, challenging market conditions. You know, If you look at when we first invested into this company, we had less than 3,000 acres. So we've, we've grown this land package to over 45,000 acres. We have uh, you know, largely completed our phase one portion of our strategy, which was to consolidate as much of the low-lying fruit as we could uh, and to complete this merger. And uh, again, first day of trading on the NYC was April 5th. The vote was completed on March 24th. All four resolutions were passed. So we feel like we're just getting started. You know, we're still finding nuggets of information from getting access to this Barrick data, you know, that, that was never consolidated, that was never put under one roof, never digitized. And it's been it's been a really fun experience. And and as Bob said, Jerry Aberly has put together a world-class team and people are excited by what's going on here. And I think that again, this first hole is for me, it's proof of concept. Geological model has been has been confirmed and and, and largely proved. We wanted to hit tertiary mineralization. We wanted to hit homestake formation. We did that both in the first hole and thousands of feet away from any other historical mineralization. Uh, and that's our first hole. And we now have three rigs. So I think the latter half of this year will be, you know, uh, catalyst rich in terms of drill results. You will see some additional land consolidation, uh, not to the to the magnitude and scale from a uh, increasing net mineral acres as we as we've gone from three to forty five. But sort of smaller and 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 strategic. Uh, you will see us start to talk about some ESG initiatives we're working on, which which we're really excited about. So I think I think that's really what to expect in, in the latter half of the year. Okay, and I was just going to say, and obviously concluding, I wanted if you could just tell us what the outlook is for the rest of this year going into next year, um, and also um, if there is any last thoughts that you want to share with our audience. Well, I think you know I, I just sort of went through some of the some of the catalysts and what to expect in the latter half of the year. You know, we're relatively well funded. Uh, you know, I I I think you know you can look at um, potentially you know uh, Dakota Gold getting into some of the ETFs, which I think would be would be you know really important to get access to some of that passive money. But this is this is still to this day the largest iron formation hosted deposit in the world, and we feel that we're um, you know, getting into, you know, on the cusp of, of making multiple discoveries in different units on the same land package. And, you know, I, I think that's really special. It's really, it's really, you know, rare, it's unique. And I think there's, there's been such a, a shift towards politically safe jurisdictions in tier one uh, locations. And I think we, we, we checked those boxes. And Bob, just wonder if you had any last thoughts. Yeah, I would follow up with Jonathan on that. Lots of drill results coming out through this year. So excited to see what those look like in its location. One of the key reasons for me coming back at a retirement and getting involved in this is because it's location in a safe jurisdiction where you can operate and function with the rule of law. And so I think that's important in a uh, certainly a uh, lens that many people will continue to look through projects as they go forward. And so excited about what's to come. Good first drill hole result and many more to follow up through the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, Robert and Jonathan, really appreciate your time um, in sharing, uh, obviously, the start of this journey and obviously wish you well for the future. And maybe you want to come onto the podcast either later this year, 
beginning part of next year and give us an update. Great. Yeah. yeah, and I was going to say, if our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions um, or want to find out any more information, how can they go about doing that? Do you have any social media platforms that you like to share with us? We do. And, and you know, please be directed to our website. Um, all of all of uh, my contact information is on there. We, we are uh, growing our, our, our social media presence through through Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, and again, all that information is on our website, which is uh, dakotagoldcorp.com. And um, really appreciate your time and, 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 and look forward to uh, updating your audience uh, in the future. Yeah. And thank you. We're, we have all those um, links to all your social media channels below uh, accompanying this podcast. And also if they're watching on the YouTube channel, it will be below as well. So guys, really wish you well for the future. It looks like you've got a great asset there, even greater team as well, as you've mentioned. Um, so wish you well for the rest of this year and ongoing next year. Um, for those that are listening, um, appreciate if you can share this episode. Because um, I think this this company and the asset that they've got are going to go far. So appreciate your continued support. Share this episode with others around the world who are listening because this obviously podcast goes out to about 170 countries. So please appreciate your continued support and, and keep sharing, sharing this uh, information and this content. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.